Guys, you're not gonna believe it, but I somehow got a copy of AEW's new game for the PS4. I, I just got a demo copy because I don't know, I guess I cover a lot of AEW stuff. So I'm just gonna select my character here and, ah, there we go, Kenny Omega. Kip Sabian. Oh, I, I must have misclicked. Uh, I wanted to pick Kenny Omega. Kip Sabian. Uh, let's, let's try that one more time. Kenny Omega. Kip Sabian. Kenny Omega. Kip Sabian. Okay, this ain't working. Wait, I can't pick Kenny Omega. I can only pick Kip Sabian. Wait. No, that can't be. This game, it has, it has microtransactions. No, no, no! Ah! Oh, oh my God, that was all a dream. I guess, I guess that means that I'm definitely not covering Kip Sabian. Oh God, please, no! On this week's episode of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, We'll be discussing, is he super bad, or is he super good? It's Kip Sabian! What are my thoughts on the Arcade Anarchy match? Should he, or should he not get a chance at a title? And where on earth will he go next? So for now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends. Tell them all about this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction Ladies, gentlemen, and lady gentlemen, my fictional friends, welcome to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, the podcast where I pitch to you wrestling storylines from the good to the bad to the downright insane. My name is Connor, and by God, I never thought I'd be making this episode. <laughs> I'll be real with you. I, I didn't think I was going to do this this week, but after... All of what was Arcade Anarchy, I'm in such a good mood to talk about Kip Sabian. Because, to be honest, he is probably one of the most... If I'm really thinking about a person AEW who was there from the start, extremely underrated, I think. Considering, like, his contributions to everything... Like, I, I think even if you look back to Arcade Anarchy this week, incredibly underrated performer in there. Because... To be honest, I think we were all focusing on Miro and best friends in what was a fantastic match. I won't lie to you. I I was excited just for what the hell Arcade Anarchy was going to be. But I, I didn't have any faith in it being good. I'm happy to say I ate my words because by God, it was a great match. We got a couple of surprise returns in there. It was great. I, I loved seeing, you know... Orange Cassidy, how we're reuniting with Chris Statlander, and Trent coming back in Sue's mom's minivan. It's it's great. I, I, I'm really happy with that match, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about what is next for Kip Sabian. Because I think, well, we already know what's going to be next. He's probably going to get beaten up by Miro, which I think is what everyone's guess is. And then he's going to be somewhere 
that's the weird thing with Kip Sabian's career in AEW. He's he's had a lot of how do I put this? He's had a lot of interesting scenarios be thrust upon him. Like if we look back to his career in AEW, he started out as this person, you know, in the very first AEW match, official one. We're not talking about Pack versus Hangman at WrestleGate Pro. The official first match was Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara. And ever since then, it feels like they've struggled to try and help him find his footing, so to speak. He had that brief little thing with the Hybrid 2. They paired him up with now his wife, Penelope Ford. And then he was kind of stagnant for a bit because he had a tag team with Jimmy Havoc. And then, well, the speaking out movement happened, so that tag team quickly ended. And then he got paired with Miro. And I think once we all saw that pairing come together, we all knew what it was going to do for Miro. They were going to eventually elevate him to be a big single star. And it's got me thinking, what what do you do with Kip Sabian from this point on? And hopefully, I will give you a couple of ideas that might pique your interest. Because that's what this podcast is about. So, let me quickly explain my process. And the only way that I can explain my process is through a little segment that I like to call the tagline... So, for anyone who is new to this podcast, I know there might be new people who the heck knows anymore. Basically, the tagline is basically a 30-word summary of my process of how I'm going to present this wrestler in all the storyline pitches I'm going to do this week. So, think of it like your traditional Netflix pitch that you see when you're just scrolling through the channels, or if you're like me, when you're going through Crunchyroll, because I'm an anime nerd. So... Without further ado, I believe it's time for me to ask the editor of this podcast, aka myself, to cue the music, future me! Right, so, fun fact here. There's not much to really go off for Kip. <laughs> like, there should be more. There should be way more history for Kip within two years of wrestling and being on television. But there isn't much. Guess how much there is. It's literally everything I just described. And you know what his basic character is now? Is that he loves his wife. That's it. He loves his wife. He got married. His wedding went to shambles. And he kisses his wife multiple times in the ring. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. But you know what it does? It gives me no bloody direction. Where do you go with Kip? I'm asking that question to you. I already know the answer, but where do you go with Kip? Really? Without, you know, changing the character too much? Well, you have to really embrace the, you know, being married, that whole marital protection stuff. Because, let's be real here, there isn't much to go off of. And I think with how Kip's being portrayed, you can kind of make that a face or a heel gimmick. Kind of. You know, we've had love stories in the past for wrestling that's got people over, or at least made them hated. Edge and Vicky Guerrero was a thing. So, yeah, the basis of my pitch is that I'm assuming that Miro is just going to beat up Kip Sabian at this point, so he's not going to be factored into any of this. So, my tagline for Kip Sabian is 
basically married to the love of his life, a man betrayed by his best man, attempts to find his place after being left in the dust by his peers and contemporaries. Because that's Kip's story. It really is Kip's story. I, I want to believe in Kip and his love of Spider-Man that he's talked about in interviews, but the man's been beaten up so many times that it's, it, I'm not gonna lie, this is hard to think about what you could do next with him and put him in a prominent position. Ah! So, at least with this, you got a good idea of directions and possibilities. With the whole wedding angle, you can't really separate a couple. I'm Lana. Don't, don't, don't make me think about Lana splitting up with Rusev. That's a whole other thing. A different universe. There's a lot of stuff there. You can have some marital bond struggles or, you know, maybe themes of Kip Sabian trying to discover what it means to be a man and, you know, be super bad man. Who knows? You'll find out. <laughs> That's what you're gonna do. I'm... I'm, I'm, I've got ideas. <laughs> I swear, I have ideas. But I, in all seriousness, I, I do think there is a lot of potential untapped with Kip. I think he has a lot of great promos, and I think it hasn't really been fully highlighted yet. And I think by really emphasizing his bond with Penelope Ford, you can start to, you know, get his relationship across to the crowd a bit more. And what better way to do that than by having him have this first idea, where... He is not going to face a man. He's going to face a phoenix. I, I don't even need to explain the name. I've already said it. It's, uh, do I need to do a song? Lucha Bros, Mexi King, Zero Miedo, meet us in the ring. It sounds like patty cake, but it is definitely phoenix. You heard me right. <laughs> I... I'm losing my mind. I am losing my mind. But yes, we are talking about Phoenix. I think my voice just cracked. Phoenix versus Kip Sabian. Yes, believe it. Naruto style, believe it. That's exactly what we're doing because Kip needs elevation. I kind of want to see Phoenix in a singles feud if you're not going to do anything with him. And I, I think I have an interesting scenario for this. Because I said to myself, and I promised, in any of these pitches, I'm not gonna talk about Miro. Which is what we're doing. <laughs> and I promise, we're not doing that. So, how does this feud come about? It all starts on a regular, everyday episode of Dynamite. It looks like it's gonna be a tune-up match for Phoenix against Kip Sabian. And, you know how... Kip Sabian goes for his, like, uh... No, he doesn't do that. Jesus. He doesn't even do that. We're I'm talking about Phoenix here. Phoenix does the walking on the ropes running kick, which is bloody amazing. Now, imagine that, except he's not doing it to Kip Sabian. He does it to Penelope Ford by accident on the apron, knocking her unconscious. And during this, Kip just completely snaps. Because why wouldn't you if you've seen your wife get kicked in the head really badly? I, I, I don't care if she's a wrestler. If she gets knocked out and it looks like it hurt, almost like it's an injury, yeah, you're going to want to beat up the other guy. So Kip does this all heart and his might. 
and he, he still loses to Phoenix. It's one, two, three. Phoenix hits the Fire Thunder Driver. He wins the match. Cool stuff. That happened. And then in the next couple weeks, we get we get a very nice interview with Tony Schiavone and Kip Sabian. And Tony says specifically, he's asking about the condition of Penelope Ford. You know, there's been a couple reports over the course of the week saying that she received a concussion and that she's going through various concussion testing. You know, AEW's had a very small history with concussions, but they've been very bad. Matt Hardy. And moving on from that, Tony Schiavone eventually advances to just talking about Kip's career and how he asked the question specifically, Kip, is this how you imagined your AEW career would be? And Kip just pauses for a second and he just, he takes it in. He he doesn't look like he's slept in days, so to speak. And he he just answers with this almost deadpan look of what do you think and he he keeps on going shivani to ask him and shivani doesn't say anything and kip starts going on about in his own words that the past few months have been the worst few months of my life i lost my best friend i lost my most romantic evening of my life. My best day was ruined by a group of Scooby-Doo-looking cronies. And you know what else, Shivani? I realised that I, I can't even protect my own wife. Despite everything that we have been through and that she has encouraged me after all of these years of struggling... I can't even protect the one that I love, Shivani. And Phoenix awakened something in me those past few weeks. That being a gigantic chip on my shoulder. I have sacrificed my career, my livelihood, and my own wedding for this company. And yet... Even despite all of this, I continue to be overlooked by this company. Phoenix, if you're watching this, from here on out, your life is going to be a living hell. And then Kip Sabian takes off, you know, the recording equipment. I'm going to say his... He's going to take off the mic that's been attached to him. And he just walks away from the interview. And so... We move to next week. It's it's Chaos Project versus the Lucha Bros, because I'm assuming the pack is still injured. And I think you already know the ending of this. It's going to be the Lucha Bros picking up the win. Why wouldn't it be? It wouldn't make any sense if they lost. And specifically, they pin Lufa. And Sir Pentico is knocked outside the ring. And as they're celebrating, they Phoenix is assaulted by Serpentico for no apparent reason. And Penta is being held back by Lufa because he's assuming it's Serpentico. And then he takes the mask off. And oh, wh what is this? It's, it's Kip Sabian. And he's showing this sort of new mean streak to him where he's just, 
He's trying to just beat the living S out of the Phoenix. He's trying to take off the mask. And uh, Penta quickly comes in for the save and Kip goes away. You know, the following week goes by and Kip is asked, why on earth did you try and target Phoenix's mask? And he says, well, Shivani, isn't it obvious? He tried to ruin my life, so I'm going to expose his. For years and years, the Mexican tradition is about keeping yourself trapped and hidden behind a mask. And I keep myself open. I, I carry and bring my wife along to every single match. I expose myself to everyone involved. So much so that I've made deals with people that I would never have even considered if it wasn't for the sake of my wife. And for Phoenix, I am going to make your life a living hell. And it starts by taking your mask. And thus, that segment ends. And then we move on to a next another week of Dynamite. And it's been officially set up. It is Phoenix versus Kip Sabian 2. Yes, we're calling it 2 because... We're going by that classic, you know, advertising. It's the second time in a lifetime, am I right? So, the match, to tell you the truth, it doesn't even get started. Phoenix enters the ring. You know, I'm thinking, just looking as cool as he does. Spitting it out. No, no one at ringside, because he just wants to take on Kip himself. He feels like he's been completely disrespected by him. Just because of an accident. And now he just wants to beat the living s out of Kip Sabian. And so... Kip enters, still with no Penelope Ford in sight. And he has a microphone with him. And he, he starts cutting this promo to Phoenix, saying that... Oh, did you think this match was going to happen now? Uh, no, I, I don't care about what this company says. You know how many times I've been forced to go into matches that I've not been prepared for? You know how many segments I've, as he's already stated before, sacrificed to even get a lick of television time with this company? I don't need to listen to AEW. I don't need to listen to you. In fact, the only thing I need to listen to is an invisible hand. And out of nowhere, Gallows and Anderson come out from behind and assault Phoenix. They beat the living S-word out of him. Kip Sabian starts making a very, like, cocky strut to the ring. Yeah, if you want to make it a little bit more real, you can have Tony Khan, you know, come out from, like, the production crew at the back, trying to ask, like, Tony Schiavone to just turn off the broadcast like what is going on why is this happening what do you mean he's been dealing with and as that happens kip sabian just super kicks or whatever specific move we're going to say his finishing move which is that slingshot neck breaker onto phoenix and he gives a two sweet to gallows and anderson and they all walk off together solidifying yes Kip Sabian has joined Kenny Omega, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, and more importantly, Don Callis. Because if you're in Kip Sabian's position, and you've been essentially overlooked for the majority of your career, 
every opportunity has been kicked out from under you under circumstances you could not control. Why would you not go with the invading force? That is Don Callis, Gallows and Anderson, and Kenny Omega, who they're now dubbing the god of pro wrestling. Really, this deal makes a lot of sense because of their history with Phoenix and how he had a shot against Kenny Omega. You're further erasing that threat. And at the same time, you're giving Kip something. And so we move to next week where Kip is explaining his actions and how he sided with them because they could guarantee the protection of his wife at all times. Even when he feels he has been insecure and that he's been unable to do the best for his wife. We we bring back the fact that his wedding was ruined, the fact that he had a tag team that eventually failed for reasons, and of course, like his first thing in a feud with Joey Janela. All of these things and how he feels he's been unable to provide for his own wife. And of course, Don Callis is there alongside him, patting him on the back, saying that I'm so proud that you made the right decision. Because the invisible hand doesn't just make deals with gods. He makes deals with the people. And just like each and every single one of these people, they could have made the choice to guarantee protection for their own wife, but they didn't. They're afraid to deal with what is with the unknown. They are afraid of the unknown. But you, Kip, you are willing to do anything for the sake of your future. They shake hands. They officially solidify their stuff. And, of course, during this, you're going to have Death Triangle come out and try and, you know, beat up the group and set up. Eventually, the thing that's going to end this feud, it's going to be Kip Sabian versus Phoenix at a special Dynamite event. I don't know. We're going to call it Worlds Collide a la Ring of Honor for right now. And, of course, it's going to be Kip Sabian versus Phoenix. It's gotten incredibly personal, so we're going to say it's no DQ because, you know what? Kip did a really good job of Arcade Anarchy. I'm very curious to see how he'll do on his own. So the whole story of the match is going to be Kip relying on Gallows and Anderson to help him sort of get the win. And Phoenix, you know, relying on Death Triangle to even the odds. Kip is constantly focusing on the head to focus on his neckbreaker finish. And in addition, it also focuses on him trying to take off that mask. And during this, you know, Phoenix... Nearly gets the win until a returning Penelope Ford comes in, head scissors take down, aiding into Kip Sabian to hit his neckbreaker for the one, two, three. Kip Sabian gets a huge win. And then from that point onward, he's an official member of the Don Callis group. And what I think this does is it, one, gives Kip something to do. It creates... A further thing for the faction that could have a solid promo guy if Don Callis isn't always around. It gives Kip a great opportunity to test out new avenues and be more of a serious heel. It, I admit that you could say that it kind of makes Phoenix seem a little bit more weak. But considering how great his wrestling is, he he's going to get over regardless in AEW. Just look at what he's done already. He had a great match with Kenny Omega. Had another great match with Lance Archer. And now we see him as being higher than Pentagon Jr. Let's really think about this. Pentagon Jr. who was the face of Lucha Underground. What, What a weird role reversal we're in. 
And I think it's a, an interesting angle for Kip. It's a whole different direction that could really highlight his promo skills, which I think are super underrated in AEW. And really, it gives him more time on television, which I think is ultimately the biggest crippling thing for Kip Sabian. In AEW, he's had these matches, but he hasn't really had a lot of feuds to really sink his teeth into what his character is. And I think this really gives him an opportunity to really expand what he can do. And likewise, you know, Kip, Kip could really use it. Considering that he's like one of the very first people signed, I'm surprised he's not used as much as he is. So in the scenario that we don't see Kip on AEW so much more than this, I believe that Kip should really take an opportunity to explore his avenues and, you know, do what us in England, well, not really us in England, but you'll get the point once I get to the analogy. He should do what many should do when they're exploring plenty of avenues. It's challenge a national treasure. Into the fire. I'm ballin'. Into the fire. God, I miss that theme song. Yeah, Nick Aldis. Wow, we, we're mentioning the NWA for the first time. What 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 a what a huge surprising commodity we're doing. Yeah, uh basic process for this. Didn't want Kip to go to Impact for a bit. And if Funderosa can go to AEW and have a working relationship there, why on earth is it not the reverse? Kip feels like a perfect fit for the NWA. Legitimately. He he could fill in the spot that Ricky Starks did before he came to AEW. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to release Kip Sabian and he's going to go to NWA. I'm saying he's still under contract and he goes over there for a bit. Because it's not out of the realm of possibility. I, I think that could be very interesting. And with the dynamic of what Kip Sabian is, I think it adds a lot of intrigue. You know, it, it makes it seem like anything can happen in the NWA, which is great, because NWA is a super underrated product. I miss seeing NWA on power for YouTube for free. I miss that so much. And I think this feud starts out how you'd kind of imagine it. Uh, Nick Aldis is saying that he is the real world champion. He starts cutting a promo about how he's beaten everybody for over 600 plus days in the National Wrestling Alliance. He is for everyone through thick and thin. He will live and die by this company. And he, more importantly, will maintain the right of being a national treasure. And of course, who interrupts saying that he is a true national treasure in the world of the NWA? It's Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Because the whole National Treasure thing is kind of a English, kind of I'm royalty and you're not type of shtick. And I think Kip can kind of argue the same thing. And Nick Aldis can laugh just saying, are, are you serious? Oh, is this the person they send from AEW to be a challenger for me? Kip Sabian? This guy? Like, don't get me wrong, Kip. You're a phenomenal athlete. But you're not national treasure 
material. You're not real world champion material. And Kip, Kip says, well, he says he knows that. He knows that he hasn't had the best record in AEW. He hasn't had the best progression in his life in AEW. But the one thing that he has over every single one of them is that he has resilience. Despite everything that's been thrown at him, he has kept going through thick and thin. He, like Nick Aldis, is a person who was underutilized in one company and has came to the NWA to be utilized in a way that he feels suits him. And of course, you get a stare down between him and Nick Aldis. You have a stare down between Camille and Penelope Ford. Because, you know what? That's a cool little bit of duality you can do there. And then for a period of time, we have Kip Sabian on NWA Power. Having matches against the likes of Matt Cross. Uh, I nearly said Damian Sandow. Aaron Stevens. There we go. Uh, Chris Adonis. And Tom Latimer. And... You know, he picks up a lot of, like, very impressive wins. I think the match that I think would really make Matt... Would make Kip Sabian stand out would be the match against Matt Cross. I think that would be a very cool match. And, you know, it gets to a point where he's earned enough victories that he can face the real world champion. He's he's cutting a promo on the television set saying that he wants Aldis. And he's going to take the belt like how Serena Deeb did all the way back to AEW to re-solidify his career in the company. And Nick Aldis, he's there. And he he starts putting over Kip saying, you've, you've proved yourself in the past few weeks, Kip. More than I think anyone would have ever expected. From a guy who had his wedding ruined to being humiliated in an arcade of anarchy, you have earned a shot against the real world champion in a mixed tag match. Because in what world is Nick Aldis going to give a match to Kip Sabian in this type of scenario? So we get Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford versus Camille and Nick Aldis. And in a weird turn of events, Kip is showing a lot more fire here. He's... You know, it almost feels like he's a little bit more rejuvenated. Almost kind of like he's desperate to win the world championship in the NWA. And with it, you you see Nick Aldis kind of be taken by surprise here. He, he clearly has the power game, but the speed of Kip is surprising him to a degree. And he tags in Camille. And, you know, we're going to say, because screw it, intergendering wrestling should be used. Because it is an interesting dynamic. You have Kip and Camille go at it for a bit before Kip tags into Penelope Ford. And we have a nice little back and forth there. Maybe that's another feud you want to build on top of that. Maybe for a special event. I don't know. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. And yeah, it eventually leads to a no contest because they ran out of time. Kip Sabian outlasts the clock of the time limit. So... He doesn't lose to Nick Aldis, and Nick Aldis doesn't really win. And Nick is absolutely furious about this, because why wouldn't you? You have this invading force coming in to try and take your world title, and all of a sudden he's beating some of the best guys on your roster. And so, at this point, Nick Aldis exits the ring with Camille, 
And he says to Kip Sabian, all right, all right, you've clearly proven that you're worth more than many people would have expected. That I've, I haven't seen so much fire in you in years, Kip. I've seen you on the independence. But I guess that's what you should expect when you're facing the real world champion. So, you want to go for the 15 pounds of gold? Guess what? You are going to have to win a handicap match against two people of my choosing next week on NWA Power. These people end up being Tom Latimer, who of course is aligned with Nick Aldis. And then we also have another powerhouse in there, being the NWA National Champion, Chris Adonis. Who would have thought I'd be saying Chris Adonis on this episode, but we're doing it! So, Kip, he he struggles with this, and of course, he's trying to live and fight for his life. He, you know, he's clearly outsized by these guys, a lot. There isn't much hope for him. And it's only with a couple ref distractions here and there, because I kind of want to keep some of the heelish tendencies, because he is still super bad Kip Sabian. I, I'm thinking a little bit of, like, Eddie Guerrero shenanigans. Not Guerrero. Guerrero. There we go. And Penelope Ford interferes for a bit, and we start seeing signs of life for Kip. And then, just as it looks like he's about to get a little bit more momentum, Nick Aldis interferes. And it's at this point, Tony Khan gets involved, and we see, you know... A little bit of a behind-the-scenes curtain stuff, because they did it for Funderosa. We may also do it for Kip as well. Where it's set up for a pay-per-view match. It's going to be Nick Aldis versus Kip Sabian for the NWA World Championship. And from then on, we get those really good 15 pounds of gold video packages. Highlighting Kip's sort of relationship with Penelope. And how that whole thing kind of changed his life. It gave him a new perspective on his career. That he isn't just fighting for himself. He's fighting for the livelihood of his life. Of his wife. Not life. But both I guess. And he says that if he can't wins this. If he can't win. Jesus. If he can't wins this. Oh my god. If he can't win this. What, what else is there? How can he go back to AEW. Saying that he is one of the best wrestlers in the world. How can he say that he's all elite if he couldn't be a real world champion? And of course, Nick Aldis is saying, hey, look, I'm I'm flattered that he's having a match with me. One of the most underrated talents in the UK wrestling scene. But this isn't the UK anymore, Kip. This is the world. And in the world, Kip, you're just a speck in the billions upon billions of people who have came up to face the real world champion. And Kip, I hope you're ready. Because I'm not holding back. And so the match happens. It goes how you'd expect. Nick Aldis isn't going to lose the title to Kip Sabian. But Kip puts up a really good fight. And hell, if you want, you can have a... Almost like an Andrade versus Johnny Gargano type of situation where the women get involved. And you have Penelope Ford just head scissors Camille. And is just like cheering on Kip to try and get him out of a submission hold. I, I think that would be really fun. And with it, that's kind of the basis of that whole idea. I think it'd be great to sort of see how Kip would work in another promotion. It kind of makes him seem like a big fish in a small pond. It... 
makes Nick Aldis seem a lot better, that he's willing to take championship challenges from anyone. In addition to that, it solidifies what the NWA World Championship was. It was a traveling belt. And this time, it's actually literally people traveling from other companies to take on your world title. That sounds great! And I I hope that... I would love to see this used with, like, a bunch of talent. If they're going to have this whole exchange of talent, kind of like the old territory days, I want to see more of these crossovers. Like, not just, like, NWA women... Jesus, oh, not just NWA women. I want, like, more... Like, AW men coming in. I want to see Impact Wrestling stars come in. I, I want a full comic book style crossover. I think you can have that with Kip Sabian. So moving on from that. We have the final pitch. And hopefully I won't mess up my words this time. Because Kip is going to be in for a super bad time. When he takes on a captain of charisma. It's Christian Cage! It's Christian Cage! That was a really bad Jim Ross impression, but by God, it's Christian Cage! Yes! The gimmick that is called Outwork Everyone! He's already just started from the bottom. If the bottom is Kazarian, I, I, where do you go up? <laughs> so, yes! Kip versus Christian Cage! I almost said Chris Sabian. <laughs> Fusion, ha! <laughs> Chris Sabian, go! So yes, Christian Cage versus Kip Sabian. Personally, I think that'd be a very fun match. Because Christian Cage's style, like just watching the Kazarian match, he feels so different to the rest of the roster. It's very, you know, it feels like he hasn't even lost a step from when he worked in 2011. And I think that style would work really well with Kip Sabian and highlight his athleticism. And of all things, I think it'd highlight the sort of British chain wrestling that Kip Sabian clearly does have in his repertoire, but isn't really showcased much. And I think this could be a great sort of test for Kip, where the whole story would be around, essentially... Kip Sabian saying that he hasn't had many opportunities in the company. He talks with Penelope just saying, what have I got to do to get back on Dynamite? And Christian Cage is cutting a promo and he's talking about who his next opponent is going to be because he, he wants to rise up the ranks. And he's going to keep on doing this every week on Dynamite. And of course, who would interrupt an attack from behind than Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Because, oh my god, my voice cracked again. Because <laughs> Kip, after being beat up by Miro, because let's face it, we know it's going to happen. He, he essentially is just looking for that one opportunity to get back on there. And of course, we have, you know, a couple weeks of television sort of building up this match. And... You know, we get a couple of very fun video packages for, like, the Road 2 series that we've had from time to time. And we get one for Christian Cage talking about his opponent, Kip Sabian, just saying, You know, before I came to the AEW, I didn't even know who Kip Sabian was. 
I've, I've watched AEW week to week. And I, I watched this guy named Kip Sabian. And uh, he's an incredible athlete. Super undervalued for what he's been able to do. First ever AEW match on a pay-per-view. And you know that isn't something I can sleep on. But he just he hasn't been able to put the pieces together. And that's that's what scares me. Because when you don't have the pieces together, like I did, you're willing to do anything. And that's what scares me about Kip Sabian, is the idea that he can do anything. And Kip, he's talking about, look, it's amazing to have Christian Cage back, so that I can win. I can finally prove that I should be considered one of the top people in this industry. You know, people forget that I've had matches with Cody and brought them to the limit. They forget that I've had an AEW tag team title match. But yet, people seem to overlook me. Just like how they overlooked Christian in companies far beyond this. And so, Christian, when I get my hands on you, I am going to prove that your outwork everyone shtick is fake. And so, yes... It's a very short and simple feud. That's kind of the basics of it. I I kind of think in it you can highlight the similarities between Kip Sabian and Christian. Both of them kind of in tag teams where the other person was considered the biggest star in their respected teams. Miro to Kip Sabian, Edge to Christian. As much as I love Christian, he's my favorite of the two. That's probably a super unpopular opinion. I I can't help but see that similarity and just think, oh, it's the battle of these two who kind of have been undervalued in their own respective careers, trying to put on the best match possible. And they're going to... Kip is going to go limb for limb for this. And I think the match can highlight their similarities and maybe even put over Kip Sabian in a huge way. Maybe if you want, you can go from this match and turn Kip into a bit of a babyface who Christian learns to respect kind of the fact that he's been so overlooked in so much of his career. And that's kind of been the basis of all of these pitches is that Kip is a performer who hasn't really had his time to shine yet. Even people who he's had matches with like Sammy Guevara, uh, Cody Rhodes, and various other people who he's fought, who weren't like people who were signed, they've all had their times to shine, and Kip hasn't had that moment yet. And I think against Christian Cage could be that moment. And you can have this very fun, like, exchange of punches, and Kip attempting to go for a dive and sort of second-guessing it, because he knows how Christian works, he probably has an easy way to counter it. And, you know, really build the story of Christian trying to get back into his prime and Kip being the first big challenge for him. A guy who he's never fought before, which is rare for a guy who's spent over 15 years in a company like WWE and TNA. To have a wrestler who he's not fought before. And really emphasize that in the story of the match. Like, he doesn't fully know 
Kip Sabian's offense. He, he hasn't fully adapted to the new style of wrestling since he's been off for about nearly seven years. You know, I think that could be really interesting to have that for Kip and really showcase, you know, his style. And quite frankly, a style that I think is super underrated, the British wrestling style. Maybe it's just because I'm British and I love the style of stuff like Zack Sabre Jr. and just chain wrestling in general. But it's a style that I think isn't really explored much in AEW, a company that's really emphasized its variety in its form of wrestling. And for me, whilst I don't think Kip would win this match, I think that it could open a whole lot of avenues for Kip. Just like how I think this whole set and series of storylines kind of helps expand Kip Sabian from just being a husband to a real legitimate wrestler. So, we've reached the end of the podcast. And just because we've reached it means that we've got to finish on the segment that has become synonymous with each of these random wrestlers in which I probably lose my mind the most. It's it's the classic, I, I think I could say classic now, we're nearly at 40 episodes of this, of Fantasy Fumble. And for those of you who is the first time they're listening to this segment, or it's your first time listening to this podcast, Fantasy Fumble is basically one more final storyline pitch that is completely improvised. There is no prep. It is literally just me trying to pitch to you this storyline as it is accompanied by music that will make me panic. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty much it. It's always the most chaotic part of the show. To give you a better perspective, last week I made Dakota Kai essentially have a new character where she had a dog, and that was it. She had a dog that helped her win matches in which she distracted people with the dog. She kicked people with the dog. It was weird. It was random. If you want to look at it, go look at it. But for right now, let's get into what the hell this is going to be. So without further ado, Fantasy Fumble will begin in three, two, one, Fumble! Let the dumpster fire begin! Okay, uh, Kip, Kip is English! Fun fact, everyone! Kip is from the United Kingdom! And guess what they didn't have? They didn't have guns! Because we never have guns, it's weird! We don't! We have tasers, but we don't have guns! And guess what? Because of that, he he has a crisis. He doesn't feel American enough. After being married to Penelope Ford, he doesn't feel like he's an official American citizen. So guess what? He has a little identity crisis. He he starts going to various backstage segments where he's like trying to get to the board. He's trying to prove that he's a real American. Da 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 da. And as that's happening, he's he's trying to think about what he can do. And what can he do? Guess what? He can he can stop doing the most American thing possible. Start using guns. And guess who can teach him about guns? Austin Gun, of course. Colton Gun. Billy Gun. But they can't use those names because it's trademarked. It's the gun club! So guess what? He starts having conversations with them, asking, What can I do to be more American so I can fit in more with this country and fit in better with my life? I love my wife! 
and they said that's the first step. You love your wife. Everyone needs to love their wife in America. That's why there's 50% divorce rates, if I'm completely right. I don't have Google on my hand. So guess what? As that happens, we start to see Kip Sabian team up with them. It is Gun Club plus Kip, maybe. If you want to take a making kayfabe reference, he is Kip Gun. That's right, Kip Gun. So yes, he starts teaming. He starts wearing the weird bright colors. You know what? Yeah, he wears the full American flag on his trunks. Why not? He stops entering with Penelope Ford for a bit so he can stop becoming more manly like the gun club. And he starts doing gun-related gestures in his matches. Knee strikes that he calls the pistol. And his drop kick he calls the shotgun. And he calls the his neck breaker the um the 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 bald eagle. <laughs> There we go, the bald eagle! Because when you get hit by it, you're almost as bald as when you first came out. Uh, that, that didn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, uh, Jesus. That, that, that made no sense. Okay, moving on from that. Kip, he starts to question, does he need to be American to get over with the people? So he has a feud with that Kip and all the others. He starts kicking butt. And then he wins. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I didn't even finish the story. <laughs> okay, so let, let me process what happened just now, because <laughs> I can't change it. Kip wanted to be more American so he could impress his wife. He, he teamed up with the gun club for a bit. He started changing all of his things to American-based things. I somehow mentioned divorce rates, and, uh, uh, I, the bald eagle as a finish? Okay, this, this segment has now gotten way more chaotic than it should have been. Uh, maybe it's best that that ending ends as a mystery. We're just gonna say that Kip won. So, yeah, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, overall reflection? Very difficult to make this one, but I, I think it came out better than I expected. I, I think the NWA one was probably a highlight for me this week. And if that was and wasn't, let me know what you think. Uh, tell me on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction, or you can tell me on Twitter at Connor the Cooper. I don't mind which, because we're close to 100 followers on both platforms. Uh, that's amazing. So if... And if you've been following those specific areas or you're just listening to the podcast, thank you so much. I I feel like a broken record saying it and I'd probably say it in multiple ones, but thank you so much. And I I hope I can continue making content like this to the best of my ability. That's all I can really say. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to end it there. So, I hope all of you had a lovely day whether it's in the morning or night or wherever you're from. And remember, everyone, wrestling could always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody.